Welcome to Learning How to Fight Spiritual Warfare with Dr. James Turner and Evangelist Josephine Turner. Our world is in big trouble and we are in it up to our souls. Be alert because Satan is not done attacking you yet. We need to learn from God's word how to fight the spiritual war that each of us is engaged in today. So let's join our lesson today. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us that we're able to come and make this recording. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would just open our minds and our hearts, Lord, that we might say the things uh, that need to be said. We ask in this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I got a question. When was the last time you've heard the word Holy Ghost? Today, in this day and time in the churches, we don't use the word Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit enough. It's almost like it's a word forgotten, and we never should forget about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a third part of the Trinity. And we really need to let people know that the Holy Ghost is here for us. All we've got to do is reach out. Reach out in the name of Jesus. Some people, are, they, they just don't even seek the Holy Ghost anymore. They, they, you know, my many pastors say, well, let's go into uh, prayer. Let's all reach out and, and, and seek the Holy Ghost with the evidence of tongues as it gives it in the Bible. Let's seek the Holy Ghost. Now, I know many pastors are saying that if you believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart, confess in your, with your mouth, you've automatically got the Holy Ghost, but that's not true. The Holy Ghost have to be earned, earned by your way of living, the sins that you were able to, to discard. Uh, discard sin I'm talking about the preferable sins that we do every day. You discard these sins like peeling an onion. You've got to get yourself ready. You've got to come up. You just can't say, well, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and say, well, I got the Holy Ghost. Not true. You've got to work at it. It's like anything else. You've got to earn it. But the Lord is more than willing and able to help you. Um, fasting and praying. You don't hear that very much anymore. Fasting and praying. What, what does this get you? Power. You're, 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 you're making the flesh subject to you. Uh, fast and pray is a good thing, but you don't hear that much anymore either. But we really do need to, to go back to our beginnings, uh, even maybe even back to when, when Paul and all of them uh, met at houses instead of going to churches. You know, what they did, they met there and they have prayer and they have study and they talk about the Lord and they would pray. And, and you know, there was a time when they called this thing uh, um, uh, um, uh, the altar. Come to the altar. Lay your cares upon the altar. Pray to the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask him and confess your, your needs and your sins. Repent for them. These are things that we need to keep in mind. Uh, one of the weapons and one of the vital weapons in this spiritual warfare we're in is that weapon God gave us to repent. The word simply repent means to feel sorry for the sins that you committed. Repent. 
Lord, I'm sorry for what I was thinking. Lord, I'm sorry for what I did. Lord, I'm sorry for what I said. Forgive me. You know, but I don't mean just let it come from the, from, from, from the throat. But I'm talking about when you ask God to forgive you, it needs to come from deep down within. Lord, forgive me. Really mean it. You know, uh, you know some people, they'll, they'll, uh, I'm sorry. They don't really mean it, you know. But what you really do, you really need to reach down and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins because the most valuable thing you possess is your soul. You've got to protect that. This is a thing that the devil is after. He don't love you. He's found a way, the devil has found a way to get close to God and be the, the, to, to, to bring him discomfort. The devil has found a way uh, because he can't, he can't really win this war that he started, but he's found a way to, to, to aggravate the creator. What, what he's done, he's, he, he's found that God loves you so much that, that uh, he feels that you are the best thing that ever happened. He, 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 you are a person that he loved. You are the one that was chosen personally by God. You were chosen to be who you are and the parents to be who they are by God. The scripture goes, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. You understand that? I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Boy, now that, that's, that's really saying something, you know. Uh, but the, but you've done one thing that you need to remember. There's a lot of other spirits out there that he could have chose from. But he didn't. He chose you to plant you in your mother's womb. Why you? Why you? What, 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 don't you realize what a, what a great honor that was in itself? Just to choose you out of all of the other spirits out there souls out there that could have been he could have chose from he chose you so after god had created man he was so happy so elated you know look what we've done we've created man in our image and he was so proud he was proud like a, a new mother with a new baby she you know, look what we've done we've created this in our image, the thing to call man and woman, it needed to be both because the more with, with, with being a man and a woman makes a perfect circle. It makes it a, a perfect thing because man cannot create, cannot produce without woman. Woman can't produce without man. See, that's the difference between God and man. God can reproduce. And he don't need anybody. He could reproduce because he had the power. That's what he did with Jesus. That's what he did with the word. That's what he did with the Holy Spirit. He took of himself and made these separate entities, his sons, his sons. He made them, he took them from himself. So they all are one. The Holy Ghost speaks of Jesus. Jesus speaks of the Father. There's no competition there. They each have their roles. They know their roles. 
and they stay within their limitations. Praise God. Kneel at the altar. Pray and ask God to help keep you strong. Now, I'd like to say something right quick here. Remember the story of Noah? Noah was, and his family was the only one that was obedient to God. But let's go back to the other people that was here besides Noah that was disobedient. Now, how is it that these people were so disobedient that God was so displeased that he decided, God decided that he was going to destroy them? What, what, was, what was all that about? Well, it wasn't the people so much. It was Satan that had taken over and invaded these people and corrupted their minds. Just like it's been happening today. Just like the things that are happening today in our churches. Satan has infiltrated and turned the house of God into a place of pleasure, a money-making thing. It's not about God as much as it should be. Now, we do have a lot of good preachers out there, a lot of good churches out there, but we got so many more that's out there just for their own, to try to feed themselves, to try to, to, to take advantage of God's people, fleecing the sheep as the word go. They really don't care about God. They are making a living. Remember the gentleman that... Uh, was following the, 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 the disciples around, was watching Jesus heal and lay on hands and rebuke uh, demons and cast them out and all that stuff. He was watching every step they did, every word that they used. There's one thing he understood, this man. He was not a part of the disciples, but he was wondering how in the world could they do that? And he found out that the power was not in the men. The power was in the Lord Jesus Christ the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what he started doing is going around doing the same thing. He was laying on hands. He was healing and being paid. Not that he loved the Lord. He, he knew what, what was going on. He saw what Jesus was doing. He saw what the apostle was doing. So, but he felt like, man, there's a living to be made here. And you know what? It's going on too much in the churches today. They're not really concerned about your soul. When was the last time your church said, let's have a revival? Sometimes they'll do that. And I'll ask, I'll ask a preacher, well, how many souls got saved during your revival? How many souls were saved? You know what they said? Well, we didn't come to church to save souls, man. We came to church to make money, to raise funds. That's sad. I don't know how he could live with himself. You know, not being concerned about God's people. How could you not be concerned about saving souls, bringing people in? But no, they're so concerned about the money. The same way back during the time when the apostles were sent out, and you know, to do the work for, for the Lord. They're doing it today for fundraising. In this, in this society we live in, You've got to have some money. That's the society we live in. You've got to have a job. You've got to have some way to support yourself. This ministry that we're in now, these people that own 
this broadcasting system have bills to pay. The building that they're in, they have responsibility to pay their notes, to, to feed their family. So by us being here today, it's not free. We've got to find a way to pay for this. We understand this is a society that we live in. But we cannot let this thing get us to the point where the whole, our whole being, our whole concentration is on money. The main source, reason that we're here today is to remind you that you have a soul. To remind you that how important that soul is. Because that is the part of you that's going to live on forever. Let's go back to I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. This is what God said. I knew you. I'm telling you, not only did he know you, but he knew many others too. But out of all of the ones that he knew, he chose you to be who you are. He chose you to be planted in your mother's womb. Now you have a body. You're not only just a spirit, you're, you're, you're flesh, you know. You have a body. And the demons that don't have bodies or those spirits that don't have body, many of them desire to have a body. And if you're not careful, he will invade your body. He will control you, not just by walking on the outside, whispering in your ear, but he will live in you. He will occupy the same body that you are living in, but he have no right to be there because it's not his body, it's your body. And you need to know and have the strength to stand up and say, hey, you got no right to be here. I'm talking about when you start thinking things that you shouldn't think, doing things you know you shouldn't do, acting a certain way that you know is abnormal, it may not just be you. Now, we know we have this flesh and it's going to call for things that it shouldn't. But we need to keep that under control too. We need to modify the flesh so that we keep control of it, not it control us. We need to control it. But they have other spirits, not just the flesh, but they have other entities that God did not choose for whatever reason God had for not choosing them. God chose you. So now you are a man or a woman and you're, you are living in a body and this body can be invaded. And if you don't know how to keep that spirit away from you, or get him out of you, then you're subject to that spirit. So you really do need to reach out with the, and try to get an understanding uh, of what we're up against as people in this world. Uh, John 7, 38 and 39 says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This rivers, of living water. This is representing the Holy Ghost, a word that is not being used 
that people tend to evade, it's got to be Satan. Satan does not want you to get the strength or the know-how to stand against him. He will also cause you to be that you can't hear. He, he will take all of that away, get you focused on something else, get you distracted. Distraction. The devil will do that. Once again, John 38, 39, John 7, 38, 39. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's a joy that beyond understanding of a person that has not received this yet. This is another thing. I'm telling you earlier about because you uh, uh, believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, because uh, you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, I'm asking you not to stop right there. It's, you should be saved too, but let's, let's take a step further than just trying to be saved. Let's try to qualify to live with God. Now, I'm not talking about in the heaven that Jesus is coming back with. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the heaven that God, the creator, lives. You know, I, I try to, you know, that, that you can move uh, uh, like from, a, from a, a first grade level up to a college level. I'm talking about spiritually. When you first start out, you're like at first grade level. And you, get, you need to grow and learn and understand, you know. And then you keep on growing and you keep on making sacrifices, clean on, clean, cleaning yourself up, turning your body and mind over to God. Revivals. But revivals are nice. But how many souls are saved? I've heard preachers say, well, we aren't concerned about saving souls. We're there to make, raise money. That's sad. That's sad. Amen. Some preachers go to seminary schools, even get a degree, and they still don't understand the Holy Ghost. They're, they're, they're preaching the word, but they tend to move away from the Holy Ghost. It's not necessary. And I'll tell you something else, too. In many cases, in many churches, you have a lot of people. I don't care what kind of pastor you got. Even if he's not right, you're going to find some saved people there. And if you're in one of those churches, you seek out people that's trying to grow like you. Now, that preacher ain't going to be too happy about that because he don't want you to excel and get higher spiritually than he is. But sometimes maybe you have to go and have church in your own house. Just, just, just have services in your own house. Go from house to house in order to try to stay with God. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. It's, it's hard to find a good church today. It's, all, it's about as hard as trying to find a good wife or a good husband. It's tough. You, you, you get in there, but it takes time to get to know that man or that lady or whomever that might be. But I'm telling you, in Jesus' name, everything in word or deed, seek the Holy Ghost. Don't let people tell you it's not for this day. Don't let them tell you that this is the work of the devil. It is for you. It is for all of us. When the day of Pentecost happened, the Holy Ghost never went back. He never went back. He's still here. But some people, some don't want you to even know 
that God exists today in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Learning How to Fight Spiritual Warfare with Dr. James Turner and Evangelist Josephine Turner of First Non-Denominational Church of the Lord Jesus Christ located in Rocharon, Texas, 77583. It is our prayer that you will gain more spiritual knowledge from the Word of God and learn how to stay free from the strongholds of evil that come against you in your life. We welcome your tax-deductible donations sent to First Non-Denominational Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, located at 900 Long Street, Rocharon, Texas, 77583. That's First Non-Denominational Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, located at 900 Long Street, Rocharon, Texas. Our cash app, dollar sign FND Church. Again, cash app, dollar sign FND Church. You can also email Dr. Turner at turnerman at yahoo.com. Turnerman at yahoo.com.